What's up, guys? Welcome back to Fearless as Fuck the Podcast. I'm your host, Christina Lauren. I wanted to do a quick little update for those of you who are brand new to the show because I realized I haven't done this in a while. And I was actually listening to someone else's podcast the other day and I got really inspired because their first episode was a lot about what brought them to starting their podcast. And for me, if you have not listened to this podcast before, I originally started this podcast to bring guests on the show that have inspired me in some way, or I've even just had a plain conversation with somebody who has had a big impact on my life and has led me down the path to being a successful business entrepreneur, um, finding myself, um, discovering my self-worth and my personal development. And there's been a lot of pieces that have contributed to this personal puzzle of mine. And that's originally why I started this podcast for myself. But as I continued to grow it, I realized that there's a lot of people that it needs to reach. And I wanted to continue bringing on people who have somewhat inspired me and in which case I hope can inspire you for different reasons. And I know we've talked a lot about trauma. We've talked a lot about healing from traumatic relationships. That was a big bulk of this podcast. And I'm sure if you know me personally, you know where that has come from, but that's neither here or there. The main point of that is discovering your self-worth, finding your voice and living in your fullest expression. And a lot of the people who I am bringing on now are definitely doing that. And the guest I have on today is somebody who has inspired me from the very beginning. And it's the timing of it's really interesting because it was right around the time that this started. And I met this woman and her firecracker personality like set me through the roof. And I was like, holy shit, I need to be more like this. And so I am so excited to have Ani Rivera on the podcast today. I'm going to pop her on the screen because she isn't in studio with us. Welcome, Ani. Hi, thank you so much for having me here. I am so excited to talk to you. Honestly, when the screen was rolling and I saw your little um, picture in the side, I was like, oh my God, this is actually happening. <laughs> <laughs> but I met Ani when I was going through a hair extension certification. She was actually the education director for the company. She's been doing hair for 13 years. And I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, you were the education director for this extension company for six years. Five years. Five years. Yeah. So I met Ani there and one of the first conversations that she was having to the class was so powerful to me and it really stuck out to me. And I remember I had to get up in front of the class and tell the class why I was there and what my purpose was, what I wanted out of my life, what I wanted for myself. And I instantly started sobbing my eyes out instantly. And Ani just spoke so powerfully and fluidly that it reminded me to have a voice because this is the way she talked. And so I'm really excited to bring her on here. I'm just gonna go ahead and let her introduce herself a little bit so I don't miss anything. And you guys can get a little bit of an intro as to who she is. Yeah, well, once again, thank you so much for having me on here. So yeah, I've been doing hair for 13 years and about five years ago, I made a huge move from the Midwest to Orange County, California to be director of education for a company. And to say it was a wild ride would probably be putting it mildly. And, you know, there was some good, some really bad, and I learned a lot through it. But now I actually am out on my own. And I started a company um, really focusing on stylists and the beauty industry inside of their marketing, building their businesses, and really creating educational courses. And that's where I spend all of my time now. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cool because one of the main... Um, similarities, similarities I see in people who get involved in 
relationships, friendships, work environments, or just plain toxic situations in their lives. They don't really see it when they're in it. Or sometimes they don't realize how much that they're holding themselves back by staying in a particular situation. And there's a lot of toxicity that can come from work environments. And I know that your face, I know that um, just recently, you obviously just said you've gone out on your own. And I remember hearing you talk on your social media so boldly about what needed to be done, why you did what you had to do and what you were doing from there and kind of the things that you were, I almost want to say recovering from, which I know that can kind of sound a little like exaggerated if you don't really know the context of the story, but I wanted to hear a little bit about that because it's so brave for one to go out on your own and start over. Starting over from anything is probably one of the hardest things I know personally I've ever had to do in my life when everything that you are belongs to something or someone. So going out on your own and not only just going out on your own, but being very brave and bold and vocal about what you're doing um, is, is just, it. it's very brave. I will just say that. And you have a big supportive following to tell all of these things to, which I know we all can imagine like being that honest and real and raw on social media is not the easiest thing to do all of the time. No, it most certainly isn't. And I feel that there also needs to be a distinction made because a lot of people, they're like, Ooh, tell me the tea, talk shit. And I'm like, I don't, I don't feel a need to do that because to me, there's a difference between talking shit and like talking trash and just telling the facts of a situation. Like this factually is what happened. And it's, I feel the unfortunate circumstance that a lot of things that happened weren't good. And like you said, at the time I didn't see it because you kind of like brush things off. You're like, oh no, it's fine. They had to say this for my own growth. I had to do these things to be better. But then when you're out of it and you really take a look back, you're like, mm, was it actually in my best interest or was it in someone else's and they needed me for whatever reason? So I feel that's one of the things that I've you know, after now that I'm no longer with that company that I really wanted to talk about and kind of like take a stand against because so many people are like, oh, I, you know, I can't talk about it. We can't talk about the bad. I'm going to be in trouble. And I'm like, there's, there's a difference. You can tell the truth of what happened and make it factual and even like leave your feelings out of it. And that's not, you know, good, bad, right, wrong, or ugly. It just is the situation that happened. And when I left the company, I said, you know, one of the things that I told the CFO is I said, I will not, I go, I'm, I'm not going to talk shit and I'm not going to cause trouble, but I will not lie about my experiences here. Like that was like my one rule leaving. And that what I feel is I've really, you know, stuck to in the previous months. Yeah, you definitely have. And I have a lot of respect for that for so many reasons, but the, one of the biggest commonalities I see in situations like this is you do tend to cover up your truth because you're scared of repercussions or not you, but this is, this happens to a lot of people, whether it's a relationship or just a situation in general, you tend to be like, let's not, like you said, let's not focus on the bad stuff because we don't want to rock the boat kind of thing. And that's where people get stuck in their healing process too, with a lot of people who listen to this podcast for like relationship recovery, you don't, a lot of girls, a lot of men who are 
on the receiving end of a particularly toxic situation, they tend not to talk about the bad stuff that happened because they're in fear of what it might do to them. And the other side of the toxicity is like you said, the people are like, spill the tea, tell us the gossip, tell us what happened. And that's a lot of what I get on this podcast from listeners to like, tell me the juicy details. And I'm like, that's not the point. Like the point really isn't about the little things that happened. It's about bringing light to the situation and talking about what we can do from it to not wind up in these situations again, or just to be more insightful is how we could wind up in, let's say a work environment like that, where maybe it's not the best for you anymore. And it's kind of pushing you out for a reason. Maybe you've outgrown it. Maybe that this is no longer serving you, or maybe you are working for somebody who doesn't really have your best interest at heart, or maybe you're even dating somebody who doesn't have your best interest at heart. Well, and I feel like one of the things that makes it so hard to talk about this is to be honest, like you almost feel stupid. Yeah. It's kind of embarrassing sometimes. Yes. You're like, how could I not have seen this? How could I not have understood how like, frankly, horrible this was and you feel dumb. So then anyone who's gone through an experience like this, you don't want to talk about it. You want to like bury it, but you don't realize by burying a situation that like happened, you kind of take away the power that you have to help someone else. And I actually started listening to this book. It's been insane. It's all about cults. I knew I was hoping you would bring that up because I saw you post it and I was like, I can't wait to hear about this. (laughs) It was so many of my followers told me to read it. So I've been listening to it. And it's about this guy that in like the seventies and eighties joined a legitimate cult. It was a religious cult and it's his whole experience on how he ended up there, what he did while he was inside, how he got out and what he did afterwards. And it's actually, first off, kind of scary because as I'm listening to him say like, these are things that cults do, I'm like, (laughs) oh no. (laughs) Red flag. (laughs) Was I in a cult? Like it literally makes you wonder, but I feel like it opens up your eyes and what he's done since the fact of him like sharing his experience of being in a cult, what he did, how he got like all these things. He's literally helped other people now leave cult and kind of like, see the light and almost like catch red flags faster. So it's not like, no, it's totally fine that they said these things. Like, that's great. Actually, it's it's not okay. But if he never spoke up, the hundreds, if not thousands of people he's helped since, like never would have seen the light of day. Right. And I'm glad you brought that up too, because that was one thing that I had to remind myself because I've pulled back on this podcast quite a few times because uh, there's a few, there's a few different reasons I pulled back, but then I realized like if I don't talk about what I need to talk about, I'm doing myself a disservice because the things that I'm bringing up are helping people, but it's the same thing. Like you almost like don't want to talk about it because it's kind of embarrassing. It's kind of like, uh, you wish it didn't happen, but kind of making friends with that situation and being able to like, I know this is kind of weird, but like sit beside it, be like, this is what happened. I'm going to talk about it because it's going to help the next person. And it's actually helping me heal in the process because we're looking at it as more of a factual thing and disconnecting our emotions from it. And the power is like, you're right, keeping your story so you can share it to others and it can become someone else's like playbook essentially. So and that's just really insightful to hear because winding up in like a cult-like situation, that's like nothing to play with. That's like some serious shit. <laughs> it's legit scary. And when I worked for a company, my boss at the time actually like sent me to this place in Utah. And I've been pretty open about like this company. Is it Landmark? 
okay, I've been to (laughs) one of them and impact was the other one in Salt Lake city. It was legitimately a cult, like screaming at you, yelling at you saying, don't talk to your family. Don't talk to your friends. Just sit in your feelings tonight. After they literally try to like break you down, it was the most horrendous experience of my life. And I had to finish it for my job. Like I was made to go there. And then when I came back, you know, to my job, I had said, I was like, that was, that was, that was horrible. I like, I would never do that. I would never encourage it. I was literally banned from talking about it because I had nothing nice to say. So for four years, I basically had to like shut up about it while other people were made to go. Because if not, like I knew my job was on the line and I'm like, if I don't go along with this, people will be like, how did you like impact? I'm like, yeah, I went. <laughs> oh God. I was there. How, what do you think? I know there's certain programs and there's ways to get people to open up, to heal from traumas and like discover themselves. And I'm like all for self-development, but what do you think, like, where do you think the line needs to be drawn with self-development courses like that, that actually break you and don't really, I don't know. Like, I I know some people are like, yeah, you need to get broken down so you can build yourself back up and all of this stuff. And like, I get that to a certain degree, but uh, it's kind of, I kind of get the ick at the same time. Yeah. And I feel like intent and intention are everything because that's how I feel like I agree to it to a point. Like if you're not willing to like break down barriers and who like you think you are or who you tell yourself that you are. Yeah. Like you can't grow and build to be more, but if someone, and I'll use this place impact, for example, literally they had us like, you had to stand up in front of probably maybe seven strangers. That was your group. And they had to tell you what they thought of you bearing in mind, you weren't allowed to speak to each other. You couldn't be in a group with your friends. And you had to start off with like my experience of you is And these people are saying like the grossest things to you to where you walk away. And I, that night I ended up sobbing. Like I was in my hotel room crying. Thankfully I do have a good support system. I called my mom and I'm like, you're not going to believe this. And she was like, you remember who you are. You remember how you were raised and you leave all, you leave all of that outside the door. Like, don't even take that with you. But what about the people that don't have that? Because at the end of the day, all that they really wanted was for us to sign up for the next course and then sign up for the next course. Like the amount of manipulation that went into it. And that's what I don't like. Mm -hmm. Do not try to manipulate me into doing what you want, when you want, how you want, because it benefits you. That doesn't work for me. Well, I think that's like the nail on the head. That's the biggest difference between a self-development course that's supposed to help you and one that doesn't really have, like you said, your best interest at heart. And they're continuing just to try and like reap, like basically get you to pay more money and convince you that you need to keep going and going and going and going. I've never been to something like that before, but I have heard things about Landmark. And I always got this weird feeling because I had a particular friend from high school that I hadn't talked to in so long. And she kept calling me out of the blue one day, basically trying to like, trying to like check in on me. And I always thought it was just interesting. And I'm like, why is she calling? And then she was like, you know, I'm taking this self-development course. And you know, one of the, one of the like projects is I have to call the person that I had an issue with for this, that, and the other. And I have to apologize to them. But then she also had to kind of try and sell me on the course. So it wasn't like 
let's make peace with the person from your past and let that be it. That was like, make peace with the person from your past and then tell them about how this course has changed their life and how that you need to come with them to check it out. You know what I mean? (laughs) They did the same for us. They were like, we want you to write a letter to the person that you know needs to come here. And I was like, I would never subject anyone (laughs) that I love, care for, or even dislike to this insane treatment. I'm going to pass on this. And I'll say, I'm, I won't say stubborn. I'll say, yeah, I'll say stubborn and pretty hard headed. Like you're not going to convince me to do things that I ain't like, and that's not to say I haven't been manipulated before because I most certainly have. But at this point in time, like they, they tried so hard to get me in and to like sign up and I just wasn't going for it. Yeah, I can totally understand that. So when would you say that you started realizing that the situation that you were in was not ideal and potentially toxic? I can tell you the exact conversation. It was March of this year. Like 5.06 p.m. (laughs) Literally, like I know the exact conversation. And this is one that I've kind of talked about with people, but I haven't really publicly because it's it's, it was so messed up. So basically I was sitting in my office with one of my coworkers and one of my bosses came in and we were talking and I understand like framing someone and setting up a frame. Like I get it. And because I've been trained in that with what my previous job was, I see it from a mile away. And when my boss was talking to me, I could literally, I was like, he's, he's setting me up for something. Cause he was like, you know, being a trainer is the hardest job. I was like, I agree. And then he's like, no one understands how hard it is. Like not even so-and-so understands, you know, but I do. And in that moment, I was like, you're gearing me up for something. Like you're, you want me to feel alone. You want me to feel that no one gets me and whatever help you're now offering me, I have to take it or something. I'm like, I wonder what the, or is. And he was like, you know, every trainer I've ever had has either ended up, um, with a drug problem a drinking problem or gaining a ton of weight just from the pressure of being a trainer. And so I'm like, well, there it is. He's saying all these things, but I'm like, you're now essentially telling me that if I don't accept your help, I'm going to end up with a drug problem, a drinking problem or overweight. And so I look at him and I go, well, I go, then I must be the best trainer you've ever had because I don't have any of those problems. And he literally looked at me like up and down and went eating disorder. And when I tell you the rage I felt in my soul, because how dare you, I look at him and I go, nope. So what I'm hearing is I'm a unicorn of a trainer that you have here. Ha ha. And I kind of like laughed it off, but I remember leaving that conversation and I will never forget the look I got. And in that moment, I was like, you're, you're, you're done. You, he will make sure you are fired no matter what, because in that moment, I think he realized there was no manipulating me anymore. There was no framing me up that I'm going to end up fat, alcoholic, drug addict with an eating disorder if I don't accept his help because I don't accept that anymore. I won't tolerate that treatment. And I was not wrong. Literally from that day, he would not look at me, would not speak to me. And I did end up getting fired like six months later. But for me, I was like, if me being a part of the team means I have to allow you to manipulate me to get what you want. I'm not okay with it because I found out later on from my coworker that was in the room. I said, so what was it? What did he want so badly? Like from me 
that would encourage him to convince me I had an eating disorder. And my coworker was just kind of like, he doesn't know how you put together this education platform. And he wanted to know so he could sell it to two other students. And I'm like, why would you not just ask for my help then? Right. But to me, yeah, there was just so much ego involved there that I was like, Ani, like you're done. You will not last here, probably past this year. He will make sure because I cannot be manipulated anymore. And to me, like people like that who insist on, it can't just be a conversation. It has to be a, you need me. Let me tell you why you need me. They don't like strong people because strong people won't like fall in line when they expect it. Oh, this shit is like boiling my fucking blood so bad because I've worked for someone like this. I've also dated somebody like this. And I I realize now, thank God I'm in like a position like you where I can see it and I'll never allow someone to treat me like that ever again. But when I look back to like the previous versions of myself and my younger self, I can see how I was so manipulated by people because I wouldn't spot what you did. I wouldn't see the statements that were thrown out before a conversation to kind of like set me up to feel a certain kind of way so I can be manipulated or things that I was told to make me believe about myself so that I wouldn't go and do something else or to take and just take it, take the kind of behavior I was being treated with because that's just what I deserve because of X, Y, and Z. You know what I mean? And it doesn't have to be, and this is exactly why I really wanted you to share your story because it does not have to be a relationship that treats you bad. It can be a friend, it can be a boss, it could be a coworker. They're, not everyone has your best interest at heart. And if you are a nice, giving, caring person who is a team player, you can be manipulated. And those are all good traits to have. That's the thing. Like all of those those things I just listed off, that's a good thing to be. Those are good traits to be. But you can also be manipulated, especially if you don't see the signs of somebody who's trying to take advantage of you. Yeah. And that's the crazy thing where it's like, had you just asked me and said, hey, I need your help. Can you show me this? I would have dropped everything I was doing and helped but it was a, I don't want you to think that I need you. It's you need me. It's the and ego thing. It's ego. And frankly, thank God that I don't have an issue with food. I don't, you know, I don't have any kind of ED, like, thank God. Because if I did, could you imagine like the relapse that could have sent me into? hundred like, percent. Those are dangerous statements to make to someone. But when you're so egotistical and frankly you just don't care you don't think of the repercussions that your words can have you're like we're just gonna throw this out and see what sticks yeah and those are some serious statements I remember I once had a dance director tell me something like that during an audition when I asked for feedback and I forget what the exact verbiage was but it was something along the lines of like you're not small enough or you know oh no you know what it was I I will bring this up. I will not name the name of this company, but it was a it was a production company I worked for and I was hired as an entertainer. So sometimes we would just like get costumed up and do gigs. Sometimes we would dance. There'd be different acts and they put me on a gig where I was just like a atmosphere model and I was dressed up. And I remember asking him like, you know, I've been a dancer my whole life. Whenever you guys have dance auditions, I'd love to, I'd love to be a part of that. And he hyped me up. He's like, yeah, yeah, this, that, and the other, like you'd be great for that. And then one night he was like, hey, um, I'm going to check 
check out this new burlesque show, I'd love for you to come and check it out. I was a burlesque dancer. Of course, I want to go see it. Maybe this is my chance. I just moved to Los Angeles. So I went and this guy tried to... I almost, like to me, it was like sexual harassment, like totally came on to me really hard. It was so uncomfortable. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? He's like, and he like played it off as like, what, you don't want this? Like, come on. Like you told, like you gave me these vibes, all this crap. And I politely said, like, I think you got the wrong impression. Long story short, the next gig, of course, I don't get the audition invitation. And I remember texting him and I was like, hey, I'm gonna just put this out there because I feel like it's just really interesting. But ever since I got a boyfriend, you stopped giving me work. And ever since I kind of shut down that incident, you have been very rude to me. Is the, is Am I overanalyzing something or, or can you explain this to me? And he's like, I don't understand what you're talking about. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna say this very short. Like, why am I not getting dance audition information? Why am I not getting casted? And he sends me two pictures of two of his other dancers. And he goes, these are the dancers. He's like, they have perfect bodies. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, and I, like, I think to somebody random that might not seem like that big of a deal, but I know what he was doing by saying that he was saying, this is perfect. I'm not giving you auditions because you aren't like this. And this is tall and skinny and long and this, and mind you, I am not an overweight person. But that coupled with the other Laker dance audition where the dance director was like, you're not small enough. I'm like 110 pounds and like five foot two at the time. Those, that combination gave me such a severe body dysmorphia issue. And this is, and I remember saying the same thing as you, like, thank God I actually didn't have an eating disorder because what road could have that, could that have sent me down at the time? Those aren't things that you play around with and you just throw out there. Those are serious accusations and serious topics that when you say to somebody, you can really fuck with them. So if anyone is ever talking to you like that, there's a motive. No one just says that, you know what I mean? Yes. And sometimes I feel so I dated this guy and it was so crazy because he would take like little digs at me that then he'd be like, Oh, I'm so sorry. And once again, stupid me at the time I let it go, but I'll never forget. We were like, not even in an argument, but just kind of like a heated discussion. And he was like, no wonder you're single. And I was like, oh. I look at him and I go, what the fuck do you think you are? Like, wait a minute. What, what is this? But he kept taking like these little digs and little digs. Like, I remember he would be like, well, I talked to your friends and they don't really want you there. Or I talked to them and they don't really like you. You know, they're asking me weird questions about you to the point where like literally when we broke up and I was like, get out of my house. Cause things like blew up one night. I was like, don't like get out of my house. I look at him. I said, you want to know what your fucking problem is? I intimidate you. You don't like that I'm successful. You don't like that I make more money than you. And even though I don't care about those things, you do. And it makes you feel like less of a man. So what you're trying to do is make me feel alone and lonely and like nobody cares about me because people who feel alone and lonely are easier to manipulate. But my saving grace here is I don't give a fuck what you think about me. So get out of my house. And I will never forget. He just stood there, looked at me, blinked, and he was like, you're right. And I was like, good, get out. Like, shoo. Yeah. It's, it's crazy because I think that there's a big commonality with a lot of people who bring their stories on this show that talk about the effects of gaslighting. And I, <laughs> I just, I, 
Oh my God. It, it boils my blood for two reasons. One, because I feel like the term is used too lightly now. I think gaslighting and narcissist I think are two words that are used way too lightly like not everyone is a narcissist not everyone's ex is a narcissist and not everyone is gaslighting you like you you can't that's just as toxic to label everyone as that why not by not taking accountability for your part in your particular situations however gaslighting and narcissism are very serious things and they can really fuck you up like if you are gaslit too long you start to question your reality. You start to question who you are. And that leads you into a position where you are easily molded and manipulated because you kind of lose your sense of self. And a typical narcissist or sociopath or psychopath or any road you want to go down there, they use a lot of these techniques to break you down. However, the average person can accidentally do something or say something bad or rude doesn't necessarily mean that they're a narcissist or that they gaslight you. So when we talk about gaslighting, we're talking about serious manipulation, like actual manipulation. So I don't want somebody listening to this to get it twisted and just think that we bash everyone who potentially says something rude to us because that's not the case. Just like how there's, Ani said, there's a difference between talking trash and speaking the facts and telling your story. There's a difference between talking about the effects of gaslighting and then just coming on a microphone and talking shit about somebody who said something mean to you. And I think to me, the big difference comes when it's shown to be a pattern of behavior. Right. Because look, don't get me wrong. I've been an asshole some days where I'm mad, I'm frustrated, I say something and then I'm like, ah, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean that. Like I was a dick, but when someone does it again and again and again, and it's a pattern of behavior that never ends, they say something shitty. They try to convince you, you were the reason that they had to say something mean because that that drives me insane. But now all of a sudden, they did something terrible. You're the reason that they had to do something terrible. They somehow convince you to apologize to them. And then they're kind of like, I'm so sorry, but you know, next time, just don't make me so mad. Don't do these. When it happens over and over, it's not a one-off instance anymore. This is like just how they behave and they know what they're doing. They are not blind to it. They just don't care. Right. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of girls in particular. I'm sure this happens to guys too. I do not want to take this. This is not, not like a female or a male thing. I just happen to talk to a lot more females. So when I say that, that's the only reason I say that. Just want to clear it up before I get fucking canceled. But (laughs) people are so crazy to like, and like quick to like put somebody like, it happens to guys too. Like, yes, I know this. Yes. So let's just say the person that this is happening to, whether it's a male or a female, there's a lot of people who are in that vulnerable state in their relationships where they're like, why can't my boyfriend or girlfriend just stop treating me like this? Like, why can't they fix it? I'm trying so hard to get them to change. I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. And it's it's right there. Like you are doing so much, but you are not allowing that person to show you that they can change on their own. And that's when you can see if this is a toxic pattern or just a behavior issue that can be kind of like course corrected When someone is over and over and over again, cheating on you, yelling at you, manipulating you, lying to you, is that really the kind of person that you want to be with? Because at the end of the day, I know you want to fix them or you think that it can get better or maybe it's just like a one-off, but if it's happening multiple times, it's not a one-off. And it's so sad because I see so many people commenting on like a lot of the videos saying, I'm so broken, I'm so this, I'm so that, I don't know what to do anymore. 
And that's such a shitty spot to be in because I know, and I say this because I've fucking been there. You feel so empty and alone, but you cannot take your power back until you stop playing the victim. And I know that's like really hard to hear. Trust me. Like people told me that and I'm like, fuck you. Like I, I am, I am the victim. Like all this bad shit's happening. But at the end of the day, I have control to leave. No one is shackling me. The only shitty thing and really scary thing is if you're around a toxic person or environment too long, the weaker you fucking get and the the harder it is to get out. So why we bring people on this podcast to share their stories of how they've gotten out of their shitty situation and started over is to inspire you to do the same and to take accountability for your side of it and to take the power back. Because when that power shift changes and happens, you fucking thrive. Like I had only talked to Ani once um, during my training with her. And when all this happened, I was sitting back watching her just like glow and blow up and just even become a more outspoken, powerful version of herself when she already was that. And I've seen this with other people who have left their toxic relationships or who have just like started their own businesses. When you start pushing yourself in the direction you need to go, you will thrive and it does get better. Well, and I think something that's so interesting from, you know, the company that I worked for, one of the big things that were always said was everyone's replaceable, which I get it to an extent. Like I agree, everyone is technically replaceable, but I don't think that's a great mentality to have of like, Hey, we're hiring you. Welcome. But remember everyone's replaceable right? because it puts you in a place of like, if I don't do exactly what you say, when you say how you say it, am I going to get fired? Which also like <laughs> maybe yes, you will. But another phrase that I feel was unfortunately commonly said is I made you like, that's I the one that I can't fucking deal with. Ah! <laughs> Neither can I. It boils my fucking blood because I will say I am very grateful for the opportunities that were afforded to me, but those opportunities came to me because of my hard ass work. Like everything that I created in my own business in the Midwest brought me to California. And from here, once again, very grateful for the opportunities, but those opportunities would not have been available had I not busted my fucking ass for five years. So with all due respect, you did not make me, I made myself. So hearing that, and then being like, let go, it almost puts you in a place of like, like, did you make me? Am I going to survive without you? And after being fired, I was like, you know what? I will not allow you to have any power over me. You, I will walk away with grace and gratitude, but you will get zero credit for who I, who I was, who I am, who I've become, what I've learned and who I will be. You don't get that credit. I am the only one who does. So hearing those two statements said so fucking frequently and then like not being there anymore, you're right. It makes you question yourself. And I did for half a second. And then I was like, you know what? Nope. There's a reason I survived there for five years because I'm really fucking good at what I do. And I'm going to keep doing all the things that I know I'm great at. Like it's that mentality. It makes me crazy. Yeah. And I think you're right too. Like when someone says like you're replaceable, I, I kind of get that one, like you said too, because that means you need to bust your ass and do your job because there are other people who will do it too. So if you're going to take it for granted, you are replaceable a hundred percent, but the, I made you statement is one of the most cringy fucking like 
boil my blood statements ever. And I heard that many times as if like I would have never been where I am today unless I had been with this person. And I could give a big like fuck you to that statement because I guarantee you I would still be here. 100% still be here. And I had some I had some people like, well, you know, just give credit to it because like, look where you are now. Like, look what happened from all of that. And I'm like, you know, I could have like dealt without the fucking trauma. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to say thank you. Like, no, fuck that. Fuck that. But what I will say is like someone like me and yourself who just, who came out of like, un, I will say, just say unfavorable situations and who have chosen to take the high road and use that to build off of. And that's what every single person needs to do who gets out of a potentially unfavorable situation. Use that as a platform to stand on and continue to grow and share your story and become great. You can let go of the bitterness. You can let go of what happened to you. And you know what? Say thank you to yourself for being able to survive through whatever situation that you went through. I'm not saying it had to be life or death, but live through your situation. Take what you have learned going through that situation and apply it moving forward because that can be powerful. But you don't need to say thank you for the trauma (laughs) because I don't want it. Um, I feel like there are ways to learn and grow without that. And you know what's so funny? I feel like I, I have come to a place where I'm like, and this sounds so crazy, where I'm like, you know what? Yeah, you were a raging asshole, but you know what? I'm grateful for the lessons I learned Yes, because I'm still young. I'm 32. Although like younger people would say like, I'm super old now. I'm still very young. Oh God, I'm gonna get me started. I'm turning 35 this week. And I'm like, I used to think that was so old. (laughs) Fuck. When I hear these TikTok kids, they're like, so for all the old people born in the nineties, I'm like, Oh God, how dare you? But it's so crazy that I feel like I learned such incredibly valuable lessons at such a young age that now moving into this next part of my life and into this transition, I will never play that game again. And that's the growth. That is the growth. So you know what? I won't say thank you for yelling at me and screaming at me and calling me a fucking bitch. Like, I'm I'm sorry. I'm not going to say thank you for that. But you know what? Thank you for showing me my boundaries, my negotiables, and my non-negotiables because now they are set in stone. And if you hit a non-negotiable, that's it. We can talk about it, but once again, if this becomes a pattern, I'm out. This does not work for me. And that is such a powerful statement to be able to say and actually mean that because that's what I realized for myself as well. I didn't know what my boundaries were. I didn't know what my non-negotiables were. And when you don't know those things, oh, you're like treading really lightly on like not having a good sense of self because that's when you can be manipulated because it can be so covert and under the radar for someone to get what they want out of you because you have not decided what you will put up with and what you won't put up with. So those are things that you absolutely need to decide on ahead of time. Like right fucking now, whether you're in a relationship, out of a relationship, in a work environment you love or in one that you hate, you need to decide for yourself what you are and you aren't okay with and you need to stand by it. And I wish somebody would have been able to explain that to me a long time ago. But you know what? Maybe I wasn't personally ready to hear it. And that's why you take the lessons out of the situations that you go through. Maybe they were there to present something to you and teach you what you needed to see moving forward. So that's the positive that you can say out of the negative situations. (laughs) But no, no, thank you for the trauma. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and it's so crazy because 
even like one of my rules I'll say for relationships is like, look, we can disagree. We can argue. Do not curse at me in an argument. And you sure as hell are not calling me names. My parents have been married for 36 years this December. And that's, they don't, they've never called each other names. And when I tell some women that it blows my mind because the amount of women that have come back and been like, you're unreasonable. Like if he calls you a bitch, he didn't mean it. I'm like, no, oh. hell no. Because that in that moment and state shows me you have no respect for me and respect is a non-negotiable. I yeah. am not changing that. So even like my boyfriend and I now, my boyfriend now, when we first got together, like we had these conversations. I'm like, look, we, we haven't been in an argument, but I'm going to let you know now, here's how I operate. Do not yell at me. Do not scream at me. I am not a child and do not call me names. You call me names. I am out. And in two years, it's never happened. Right. So people can like understand boundaries if you know your boundaries enough to make them known. Right. And you have to have that self-respect for yourself. And, you know, I remember someone telling me, telling me that like, you must not have self-respect. And that hurt me because I was like, man, like I thought I had self-respect, but did I really, if I allowed someone to treat me the way they were treating me, and this is so fucking embarrassing, but I'm just gonna fucking own it because I went back to this person multiple times thinking that it would be better. Highly manipulated back into situations, but you know what? I stayed. I was the one that said, you know what? I'll give it another chance. So like, that's on, that's on me. That's not to say that like the blame is on me for them like cheating on me multiple times, but oh man, it's just so crazy. Like when I look back to it now, because there's no fucking way in hell I'd ever put up with it. And I would have been gone the very first time. The second someone ever disrespects me or, you know, throws my, drags my name through the mud or makes me feel like less of a person. And that was the reason why they did it kind of thing. Like you just don't, you don't deal with that. And to answer that question, that person asked me, I didn't have self-respect for myself, but that also comes from my loss of sense of self from all of these things. And that's where the healing comes from. Because if you didn't, if I was healed, I probably wouldn't have put up with that. And that's why it's so important to do the personal work for yourself, not even just for a relationship, but for yourself so you know these things so that when something happens to you, you see it from a mile away like Ani. You can pinpoint a mile away so you don't ever wind up like knee deep in these situations where you can't get out of them as fast. And I know that probably triggers a lot of people when I'm like, you probably don't have self-respect if you're letting a man treat you like this or a man if you are letting a woman treat you badly you don't have self-respect for yourself. You don't know your boundaries and you need to figure them out. And I say that out of love because well, we've all been there. We've all I, fucking been there. Yes. I feel like everyone goes through it, but it, you're right. It's just a matter of being like, do I deserve this? And I think a dangerous thing that comes up too, is like putting this person on like a pedestal where you're like, but they're my one, but they're perfect for me. Are they though? Are they because you feel like shit when you talk to them, you question everything that you do when you're around them, you don't feel like you can be your true self. If it's in a work environment, you always feel like you're about to be fired. If you feel like you're walking on eggshells around someone, they're not your person. They're, they're not a good work environment because that's not actually healthy. But yeah. I think we're so conditioned to being like, oh, be careful, don't, don't do this, don't do that, that we don't even realize that as like, like that's, that's a toxic trait. That's not healthy. Always having to walk on eggshells. It's not normal. 
It's not fucking normal. I actually worked for a woman like this at one point. It was like me and three other stylists and she did the same thing to us, her and her husband who ran a lot of the business, did a lot of those things to us. And I'll never forget the way she talked to us to make us feel as if like we'd be nothing without them. And there was one day we got called in for like a last minute meeting and she ripped us a new one for, I don't even know what the reason was. And I remember her looking at us all and she goes, you know what? You girls are more concerned with getting dick in your Instagrams than you are with your clients. Excuse, and I was like, yeah, ma'am. <laughs> like, And at that point I tried to speak up because it's a meeting, right? And she goes, no, you don't get to talk right now. And I was like, Oh my fucking God. So if you want to ask me the moment I knew my work environment was toxic, that was the fucking moment. That was the fucking moment and I'll never forget it. I'll never forget the way she said it. And later on I approached her about it and I was like, do you really think that that was okay to say? And she goes, oh, come on. That's the only thing you got from that conversation. And I was like, yep. That's the only thing that I got from that conversation. She's like, that was supposed to be a motivating meeting to get you guys to increase your sales and all this shit. And I'm like, you know what? That's the only statement that rings a bell in my fucking memory at this point. And I was like, and if there was an HR department, I'd be in there right now. And it it blew my fucking mind. And this was all because we started asking some questions because the way she was like operating her business was taking advantage of us. And we didn't realize that we were all kind of new stylists And we realized like she was kind of like double dipping in like the way everything was going. It's too long to explain, but we started asking questions, right? And noticing that like things were off, like our client's information was locked up in the computer, just like weird, weird shit that like she'd convinced like, no, we brought you those clients. So it's, it's our, it's our client technically. So it was just all this like weird shit. Two days later, I went to another salon down the street to like, um, see, to like meet them and whatever. Cause I had called them and about their booth. And she's like, oh, where do you work now? And I'm like, you know what? I really don't want to say, which is it's just interesting thinking back. I'm like, I don't want to speak up because I'm scared. And she's <laughs> like, oh, you work at so-and-so salon. And I was like, how'd you know that? She goes, you should come in and talk to us. And so I went in and talked to her and she's like, you aren't the first person to have this story. And she goes, you know what? Why don't you just come up here on your day off, do a client, see if you even like it. Then you can go from there. And I'm like, this sounds great. I walk into work the next day. It's two blocks down. My boss gives me the silent treatment. And I'm like, what the fuck? Why is she like ignoring me? Won't look me in the face. Won't talk to me. Just like my fucking ex. <laughs> and, and she, <laughs> she pulls me, she pulls me outside and she's like, so how was your interview? And I was like, what interview? I didn't have an interview. I went in on my day off to go meet this salon owner. And she's like, yeah, did you like it? Are you ready to leave? Were you not going to tell me? And I'm like, you need to slow down. Like I have a, I have a client under the dryer. Like let's just be adults and talk about this after work. And she basically told, she basically forced me to quit. She wouldn't fire me, but she's like, I have no, there's no reason for you to come here tomorrow. I already called your clients. And I'm like, so are you, are you forcing me out? Because I didn't take a job anywhere else. One, I wasn't going to leave like without two weeks notice if I, if I took another job, but you are basically firing me. She's like, no, I'm not firing you. I'm like, you just told me I can't come back tomorrow, but you're firing me. Yeah. I just don't think she wanted me to be able to collect unemployment. She wanted me to leave. And so she, and, but then she called my fucking clients and told them that she didn't know where I went. So that's not normal. (laughs) It's not normal. Insane behavior, but you know what? 
something kind of like that happened to me because the company I worked for always said like, oh, you know, communication, communication. If you have questions, ask questions. Ooh, let me tell you that was true, except for when it came to money. So at the beginning of 2021, um, I sat down with the CFO and I was like, hey, I just need clarity on my pay because last year I was paid, you know, X amount for salary and X amount for every event that I did. Like no one's really like told me is my pay staying the same? Is it changing? And he was like, oh, well you get X amount for salary. And I was like, uh-huh. And what about events? And he's like, you're not paid for events anymore. And I was like, so my salary stays the same, but I just, I have to do all my events. I just don't get paid for them now. He's like, well, it's included in your salary. And I was like, okay. And I left and I'm not gonna lie. I just started crying because my God. It's a lot of work. That It is a lot of work, these events. You know, you've been in one like, those are not easy to run. And so I was upset about that. And I was just kind of quiet for the next, like maybe week or so. And then I get a message of voice audio that I still have from my boss at the time. And I got my ass reamed, reamed for asking about what my pay was. I was essentially told that I was entitled, that I was not working 10 hour days, six days a week. So I was overpaid that there's only one queen in the company and it's not me. So I basically need to like get in line. And then if I want to be the CEO, this and that, then I can start my own shit. And I need to make that decision. I'm like, all I ask is what am I getting paid? Like, how am I the bad guy right now for asking for legal clarity about my paycheck? And that moment was so wild for me. I'm like, you tell everyone to be open and honest and to communicate and to do all these things. But then when it comes to just like a simple question of, can you what I'm getting paid now? I'm, I'm a monster that when that happened to me, I was like, this is, this is crazy. But yeah, I was never paid for another event. <laughs> that my jaw was just dropped the whole, I don't think you could see it in the screen because you were on it but I was like ah. <laughs> it's but that's the thing they like I feel like in those situations you kind of get scared to they, they try and scare you to speak up because you don't want to have to deal with getting like yelled at and it becomes such like a it becomes such an ordeal or such like a scary frustrating situation that you stop asking questions because like man I just don't want to fucking deal with that again but that's like a grooming process to get you to shut the fuck up Oh, let me tell you, all the other girls that worked there, they all knew what happened. No one would ever ask about their pay again. They were literally so scared because at the end, at the end slash beginning of every year, we would get an update on like, hey, your salary went up or this happened or this is what the bonus is going to look like. Like we would always get an update and I would sometimes ask like, oh, did you guys get your update? And they're like, I no, but I'm just, I'm just going to wait until someone lets me know. Like, I don't, I don't want to, to the point where even like one of my paychecks never came. Like it was or like I was supposed to get a bonus for something and it was like a month after I was supposed to get it to where I asked everyone, I'm like, did you guys get yours? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, so should I ask? And they're like, I would, I would just wait a little longer. I'm like, this is crazy. I cannot believe that what I'm legally supposed to be getting, I'm too scared to ask because I don't want to be fucking screamed at again. Is no one realizing how insane this is right now? Yeah. But that's, you get, I mean, you get sucked into those situations. Like, like anything else, it, you, you should never be in a situation where you have to be scared to ask about something that is completely normal and that you're completely entitled to, whether that's money, self-respect, like clarity on just a situation. Like you shouldn't be scared to ask your boss about something that you are working for. You shouldn't be scared to ask your significant other about something that they've done. Like, come on. Like that that's just basic decency and human respect. But in these like power trip environments and connections and relationships 
that is a dynamic that happens where one person winds up being fucking scared and they're walking on eggshells because they don't want to rock the fucking boat or like disturb the peace because they know the consequences that come with that. And it teaches you to be quiet. It teaches you to be smaller. It teaches you to lessen yourself, which breaks you the fuck down. And that's so sad because then you just become another like minion or you become another like, just like the the docile one, the relationship that just like stays quiet and only speaks when spoken to kind of like attitude. And like, when is that ever a good thing? Well, it's never a good thing. And I'll also say this for anyone that's listening and you're like, ah, oh, but you know, cause I will say I'm, I'm a, I'm a big personality and I know that about myself. <laughs> Shocker. I know. Shocker. <laughs> yeah, surprise. But I know that about myself and I'm okay with it. And although, yeah, there was definitely a time where I was like, oh my gosh, am I like, am I going to be able to find a man that accepts this about me? Like, am I going to be too much of like a big personality for this? You know, my boyfriend, it's interesting. Like this has really stuck in my head. He had some friends over the other night and I was like, I'm not going to hang out. I'm just going to like go downstairs, and like do something else. And at one point I came up and they were playing the rowdiest game of Uno I've ever heard of in my entire life. Like I could not believe that's what they were doing. <laughs> and they started making jokes and like shitting on my boyfriend. Cause we have an ongoing Uno game. I'm up by 281. He's at like 279. And they were like, Ooh, you're losing Steven. And I was like, yeah, bitch, you fucking suck. Like we're just making jokes. And when his friends left, he was like, I'm so glad you came up and gave me shit. I'm so glad they got to see your personality that like, that you're so strong, that you're funny. And I'm like, oh my God, like that for some reason to me was so flattering because that also let me know that he does know exactly who I am and that yes, I'm a strong personality. Like I am going to be the person to get shit done, but he loves that and respects that about me. So I don't have to make myself smaller to accommodate his masculinity or to accommodate his ego. And I feel that's something to pay attention to because anytime I've had to like dim my light or make myself smaller or be quieter for someone's frail ego, that's never gonna work. And that goes for personal relationships and professional ones. You should be able to be you in a professional setting and not feel like you're gonna get in trouble for it. I'm so glad you said that in that way because I really, really hope if somebody can take one nugget from this entire podcast, that's one of them. Because you sh you're you so right, like you should not ever feel bad for taking up space and being completely authentic to who you are because the right people and the right environments, the right places, you will find them and they will find you and you will fit and you won't have to feel like you need to make yourself smaller because that is one of the most deteriorating things to your spirit you could ever possibly do is try and dim your fucking light. There's enough people and things out in this world that will try and do it for you. The last thing you need to do is do it for yourself. So surround yourself with people and places that are going to love that about you and be like, oh my God, these traits about her or him are exactly why I fell in love with them or why I want them to work with me or for me and I don't want them to ever change because that's special. Like you don't need to break yourself down to fit somewhere and if you find yourself breaking yourself down to fit, maybe you don't belong there. Yeah. It's maybe like that's a, not it. Yeah, I always say imagine that our life is like a game board and every single spot, like there's only one spot for a partner. There's one spot for your perfect job or your house, your job, whatever it is. And if you're constantly trying to shove the wrong game piece there, you're allowing the incorrect person, time, place, business, whatever it is to take up a spot that essentially belongs to someone else. Right. So honestly, move it, keep it free and clear. And like, 
allow yourself to be open to the possibility of something else and something better. Because if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. And it's going to lead you to other places that you might not even know are about to be open to. I mean, just like you're doing now, I don't know if that was ever a mission of yours or something that you foresaw for yourself, but it seems like you just jumped right into opening up your own business and your own marketing. It was, I was like, Oh my God, as if this was already like happening, you went fucking full force. But I fucking get that because when shit went south for me and my world just fucking exploded, I was like, okay, like I'm going to do this, 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 and this, and this, and this is going to happen. And I just fucking went for it. And I was like, it almost felt like I was on autopilot. And I'm like, why is this happening so seamlessly? And I'm like, maybe it's supposed to. Like, is this what it's supposed to feel like? Is is it supposed to be, not that it's easy, but is it supposed to flow this fluidly? Because things are just working now and they're working even better than before. So I just kept listening to it and it continued to do so. And as I'm watching you unwrap your business and unroll it and continue to grow, I'm like, this is exactly what I see Ani doing. And I barely even know her on a personal level, but this seems like exactly what's supposed to be happening. Yeah, everything just worked. But I also go into things like that, telling, like reminding myself, like it's going to work because I keep willing it to work. I will do what's required to ensure that it works. And if something doesn't fit, if it doesn't feel right, like I'm not here to force puzzle pieces to go together Mm -hmm. to be frank. I don't care. Life's too short for that. Yeah. I don't care that it doesn't fit. I don't care that even if I wanted it so desperately, because I was also raised with the like, Like one thing my mom has always told me is something might feel like it's the end of the world. It might feel like it's horrible, feel like it's terrible, but you're going to realize in time, it's the best thing that could have ever happened to you. It just hurts in that moment. So find a way to like accept it and know that something amazing is coming from this. And that has always put me in a place of like acceptance of like, you know what, this situation sucks. I don't like it, but I have faith that this is what needed to happen to set me on the right path. Exactly. What I needed. And that for me, like I keep that belief with me every day. Yeah. And I think by looking at it like that too, you are also opening up the possibility for the universe to grant you more opportunity because you are literally saying, I trust this. I trust the space that I'm in and I trust myself to do what I'm supposed to do. And that is setting you up for opportunity. But if you're closing yourself off, why in the world would you ever be able to see anything else that's coming your way? You're literally putting blinders on yourself. And I feel like it's like women, like I guess anyone, man or woman, (laughs) but this is the perfect person for me. Mm, I'll have you consider that they're not, but the perfect person, the universe is like waiting to bring them into your life, but you're just not, you're, you haven't cleared the space. There's no room for them. So make space and keep living your life. And I feel like as you grow and as you invest in yourself and learn more about you, it's easier for you to really be like, this person fits or they don't, this business fits or they don't. Mm -hmm. Because like you said earlier, it's just knowing you and knowing what does or doesn't work. And that allows you to like, I don't want to say sweep away trash because that sounds mean, but it allows you to have a, a bit more discernment. I feel like with things, but yeah, I, I just imagine that you're like, this comes like, nope, I don't want that. Like, I know for sure. I don't want that. That can stay, but you're not just like, Oh, I don't know. Like, I'm not sure. It gives you a little bit more like I like, yes, yes. Fuck. No, like absolutely not. Like, <laughs> like, 
Definitely, definitely, definitely not. Yes. <laughs> there's there's a lot of power in that. And there's, a I think, the steam on your journey to like whatever it is you're wanting to go for, whether that's finding the perfect relationship or that's finding like your purpose or creating that project. I think with that discernment, you will steadfast, like head down the right direction in a better way. Um, but tell me a little bit about what you're doing now with your business. Yeah. So I'm still helping hairstylists and really focusing. Cause one thing that I absolutely love is yes, marketing and business building, but I actually go into a lot of course creation. So I'm working with a few people right now that they're like, I have this idea, but I don't know how to make a course about it. What do I do? So I consult for them to help them like essentially package everything, film it, put it together very beautifully so that they can continue to like sell that. And I, I'm just actually so grateful for that because I've had a chance to see some brilliant ideas and now to be able to help like assist that grow into something big and amazing is just honestly really fucking cool. Mm -hmm. And I also do um, coaching and consulting inside of marketing and building up brands and social media and staying like on top of all of the trends and how everything changes. So I really, I still do hair. I just spend 99% of my time consulting with other artists and like entrepreneurs. That's awesome. Did you ever foresee yourself winding up in that position besides like doing hair? And I, no. I ask because like, I, if you, I'm like, I still don't know, like, what the fuck am I doing in this studio? Like, how did I get here? Really didn't because leading that company, I always felt like my skills will only be good for this company. Mm -hmm. Only be good here. You've put and yourself in a box. Yes. And then when I left and I had people reach out to me and they're like, you know how to do this. I don't know how to do that. Please help me. I was like, wait, are you telling me that I actually have some very marketable skills? I'm like, this is fucking crazy. So I feel like it, <laughs> I don't want to say blew my mind, but I feel like it really almost like gave me perspective on myself that my value is attached to no one except myself. Like my value is attached to no company, no brand, no person. It is solely attached to me and the value that I attach to myself. Mm -hmm. And once I realized that, I truly feel like the path just started to clear and now I'm having like the time of my life. <laughs> That's amazing. I actually just had that conversation with my coach, my um, competitive fitness coach, because I've been having some like interesting identity, like crises with that kind of stuff, which I'm sure you and I will talk about eventually um, on a business level, but <laughs> that's neither here or there. Anyway, he, what we recognized was that I identified myself so much as a competitor that if I was not competing, what the fuck am I doing? And yeah. it's a really interesting thing because you do attach yourself so much to a certain identity. I even remember when I took um, hair from full-time to part-time, I was like, oh my God, what am I doing? I'm a hairstylist. What am I thinking about being a coach? Like, that's fucking crazy. Like, why would you ever do that? Yeah, panic, panic, panic. Like, you just like don't know what's going on. But I've had moments of like, like that for the last four years as my career has like shifted a little bit. I still do the things that I need to do. I still do hair. I still coach. But as things shifted, I was realizing how much of an identity crisis it was for me because I'm so fucking attached to like Christina. She's a WBFF pro. Okay. Well, is she one if she's not competing? Oh, you're a hairstylist, but you only do it part-time. Maybe you're not a hairstylist. I'm like, oh my fucking God. Like, why can't I just identify as myself? And once I started to be able to do that a little bit more and just understand that I ha I'm multifaceted, I had a lot more pride in who I was and a lot more confidence in who I was as a person. I show up here, like I host a podcast and I can say that without my voice fucking shaking because I couldn't do that before. <laughs> 
But it, but it's the truth. And that, I think that also kind of ties into winding up in toxic situations, because if you in any way, shape or form are kind of like unsure of who you are and what you're doing, you're so much easier to fall into those, into those patterns, into those people, into those situations. Cause you're like, okay, I don't know what I'm doing. Okay. Maybe this sounds good. I'll wind up in it. But without actually like looking at it at face value and saying like, maybe this isn't right. Yeah. And I feel like when you're having those moments where you're so unsure of yourself, which don't get me wrong, everybody has those moments, myself included. We're human at the end of the day. And I feel like that's how you end up going like, well, they said that I could do this or they said that I couldn't do this. They said that my idea was a bad idea. Well, they said this. So I don't know. They probably know more than me. So I guess I'm just going to listen. And then all of a sudden you somehow ended up in someone else's plan or someone else's dream or someone else's and you now lost yourself. Or how about, why not take the confidence that you have in this fucking person and put it into yourself? Honestly, they probably didn't know much more than you and they were probably just as stretched out. They just put on a better face. Yeah. Like, have confidence in yourself. Yeah, and then you realize that you didn't even make the decision someone else did. Oh, And, it, that's-, and that's like so hard. That's a hard fucking pill to swallow. I used to be that person. I'd ask so many fucking opinions, even about like little little random shit about the car I should want to get. And then I realize I'm like, I made someone else's decision for me or someone else made the decision for me when I didn't even want them to. Like, why the fuck did I do that? Yes. Why did I ask 60,000 people <laughs> where I should eat for breakfast instead of me just eating whatever I wanted? What is happening here? <laughs> but you grow. I think if you can practice seeing those patterns about yourself and practice making more personal decisions and then maybe having the advice of a coach or, you know, you know what I mean? Like, it's not, it's not saying you can't ask anyone for help or advice, but like, if you're the person that has to ask like a million different people about a decision, you need to really think about what you want because you're looking for what's going to stick. You're looking for what's going to sound right to you in that moment. And you're going to wind up being in situations you don't want to be in. And I feel like I would challenge you to do this. If you're listening to this and you're like, oh my God, I feel like Christina and Ani are like yelling at me right now. Like (laughs) I'm that person. How about for the next week? Don't ask anybody's opinion on anything. Don't ask them where you should eat. Don't ask them if you think you should wear a jacket or not. Don't ask them what, yeah, what kind of car you should drive or does something look right? How about don't ask anybody's opinion for the next week and see what you do inside of that space. Like give yourself that challenge because I think we are so used to like wanting that validation of like, what should we eat? Oh, Thai, you're, you're, you want Thai? Yeah, you're right. Thai's like the best decision when secretly you're like, I fucking hate Thai food. Why did I even agree to this? So just maybe don't ask anybody anything, ask for no opinions and allow yourself like the space to just make up your own mind. Right. And you might feel uncomfortable and that's okay. I think that you you will feel uncomfortable. (laughs) And I think that that's like, that's the beauty in that learning process too, is you're going to see how uncomfortable it made you. But if you can stop doing it, you'll never have to feel uncomfortable again by making those decisions because you're steadfast and grounded in who you are and what you want to do. And you're doing it for yourself. Those are like really, really good baby steps into finding yourself again and to sit, being able to sit comfortably by yourself. If you're that person that like never wants to be alone, if like you constantly, like Ani said, need the validation, or if you're like, I just, I get so uncomfortable without having someone to bounce ideas off of, like take a day and do everything alone. Like, don't, like she said, don't ask for opinions. See if you can sit within yourself. And if you have some weird feelings come up, just like write them down in your notes and then go back and review them later. You'll Mm -hmm. learn so much about yourself. 
my phone is full of them. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. And I'll say I'm someone, I love my alone time. I am perfectly fine to go eat dinner by myself. And that's even once again, another conversation that my boyfriend and I had of me being like, Hey, some days I come home and I don't want to talk. I'm talked out. I'm tired. Some days I just want to be alone. So please know if I say like, Hey, I'm just going to go be by myself for a minute. It's not that I don't love you or care about you. I just need a minute. And he's like, that's amazing. If I do that, don't be mad either. I'm like, do you, I support you in your solo adventure. (laughs) It's so nice when you can get to that point too. I, I a hundred percent need that, especially like in the careers that both of us are in and we're constantly talking to people all fucking day. Like sometimes I just, I need, I need quiet. And I've had people in my past, I take it really personally, but I also wasn't communicating very well as to like what I needed. But now that I am with somebody who I can communicate that to just like you, they totally understand it, but you have to be communicative about what you need. And that's a non-negotiable. Like if you get with somebody, you help them understand that this is how I operate. This is what I need to be my best self. Like, can you respect that? Can we have like a mutual understanding of that? That is so healthy. And I can say that because I never had healthy before I had this. And now I'm like, oh, this is so fucking nice. Like I can actually do this. (laughs) It's so crazy. It should just be easy, which doesn't mean you're not going to disagree. It doesn't mean you're sometimes not going to argue or not see eye to eye. I'm not saying it has to be easy a hundred percent of the time, but it should be easier far more often than it is like a battle. You shouldn't be fighting each other all the time. And that goes for personal and professional. Right. Once again, like just take a look at your life. And if the a relationship you have is more of a constant battle than like an easy flow. Uh... Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, and I, I think people like when they listen to podcasts or listen to advice on, on the internet, like, Oh, it's not that simple. And like, don't take it so fucking literally like, yes, like not everything is going to work this smoothly all the time. Like we're going to have fights with our spouses, our significant others. It's not always going to work. Some days you might come home after like the shittiest day ever. And you might like fucking spout off something that you shouldn't have said and be like, Oh shit, that was like really out of character. Like, I'm so sorry. Like that, that was not what I meant to do. And you can resolve it. It's not going to work hundred percent of the time, but overall, like Ani said, it should be more easy than not. You shouldn't feel like you're in a constant battle every single day with your work environment or significant other. You shouldn't have to go to work with your heart racing out of your fucking chest because you're so scared about what could happen if you say the wrong thing to your boss or you forget to do something. You shouldn't have to worry about that. You shouldn't have to worry about going home to your spouse and being like, oh fuck, I can't say this because it's going to piss them off so bad and they're going to yell at me. That's not good. Like you have to find the situations that let you thrive and make you feel safe and at ease and make you into your best self. End of story. Well, and I just want to say, that's why when you asked me to be here, like, I'm so grateful that you did. Cause obviously like we vibe, mm-hmm. but then even inside of that, I feel like we just have similar yet such different stories to share that I truly hope like if you're listening to this, you know, you just take something out of it. Even if it's just one nugget, like sometimes that's all it takes is one person saying one sentence, one thing to like spark something for you to be like, you know what? I can make a change and everything is actually going to be okay because I'm going to do everything in my damnness to make it okay. So thank you so much for having me on here today. Like, of course I was like, I was really happy to even get the opportunity to do that. And I'm like, man, well, I get to bring Ani on here who honestly was the person that fucking week that I was like, I'm going to start my podcast because she made me feel like I could talk. And that was, and so like, when I see this come full circle, it's just so 
it's another one of those like stamps like on like the on the on the paper that's like okay you're still heading in the right direction like do you see all the signs that have led you to where you are so thank you again i have so much gratitude for you and um, i'm looking forward to getting your help with my own fucking business too <laughs> so i will leave ani's information here on the screen and i'm sure i can speak for both of us when i say we are open to any questions, DMs, if you guys want to reach out to us, um, completely open books about anything. She has her personal page and her marketing page. So make sure to hit her up and let us know if there's anything you guys want us to come back on the podcast to talk about. So thank you, Ani. Thank you so much. This has been a blast. And I feel like it's like the beginning of like a new relationship, a new friendship, because seeing you thrive because I remember you in class. I remember the, seat, the exact seat you were sitting in. I remember everything. And seeing where you are now, I just hope you're like proud of yourself for how far you've come because you're seriously such an inspiration. Like you're fucking amazing. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that so much. Let me cry. Okay, I gotta go before I have some tears, but I love you all. We'll talk to you next time. <laughs> <laughs>